listening to 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome back to the 9to5 Entertainment System, episode 244, I think. If you enjoy 9ES and you want to support us, uh, the easiest way to do so is to just tell your friends about this podcast. That is a lot of fun for you to listen to. If you have money that you would like to spend supporting us, head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe to the 9ES Deluxe package which gets you an episode uh, of garbage time each and every time there's a 90s there is a garbage time bonus episode that gets recorded alongside of it on this week's garbage time we dissect the rolling stones top 500 songs spoilers rolling stones the magazine doesn't know anything about music or daft punk uh, on the main episode, though, the one you're listening to right now, we talk about Machine Gun Kelly because, of course, we do. Uh, there's an election in Canada that turned out to be all for nothing. Uh, the Jackass movie got delayed. We talk about the Montreal Canadiens and Jonathan Drouin. Uh, I watched Catwoman, which was terrible. We talk about the DC villain, The Creeper, and the Marvel show, What If. All this and more on 9ES. the most important news of the day is that i use this term loosely air quote musician machine gun kelly has beef with air quotes musicians slipknot it's not the federal election oh but i mean by the time this airs it's over i guess that's true so at best we can do is speculate boy i wish it was wild when all of the party leaders pulled off their masks to reveal lizard face wait did we just say that the federal election was between Machine Gun Kelly and Slipknot? Because that sounds awesome. That was I'm the reason that. for the beef. <laughs> yeah. So hold on. I, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a reason why either of these these people would be relevant in this I mean, Machine year Gun Kelly or Lord is like a recording star right now. That's like is he? Not, but yes. Slipknot? Slipknot, no. But he took to the stage at Riot Fest or whatever and was like, come on, guys, you're 50 years old wearing these rubber masks. What's up? Didn't one of them Valid. die recently? The lead singer or something died, drug overdose, or drummer, a drummer. So the drummer died in the last uh, couple Which months. Which one of the five? I don't know. Because there were so many, like, there, remember, there was the drummer, and then there were multiple, like, percussionist guys that just, like, hammered on kettles and things, right? Mm-hmm. Turn sure. the lights up. Let me see who chose to be so- here instead of with all those old weird dudes with masks. Because he was on the he was on uh, stage at the same time as Slipknot at Riot Fest in Chicago this weekend. The last time I really listened to a Slipknot album was the first one, and I think mm-hmm. that's pretty much where I checked out. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly is a weird dude. I don't know the first thing about him. Well, I thought I mean, that he was. If you asked me about Machine Gun Kelly, I'd be like the mobster from the 1930s. I assume that is where his known to rap comes from. He's dating Megan Fox right now. Also, apparently he got into like a scuffle, which he did not start. But the fact that he tried to get into it is a full on crazy person. Uh, Got into a scuffle with Conor McGregor at like the VMAs or whatever. And I was like, the cojones on you, sir, to like not back down from that immediately as like a very skinny rapper man. Like for all of the things Conor McGregor may or may not be able to do in the octagon. Knocking you the hell out was never one of his like down shortcomings. Keith, Keith. I, I guarantee you that if there's one thing that Machine Gun Kelly's knows, it's how to get punched in the face really hard. And and then paid, right? 
Con- you go to a bar, you see drunko Conor McGregor there, you, you, you make fun of his mom until he punches you, you get a million-dollar payday in, in the States. <laughs> yeah, but I, mean, I don't think he needs that much money. You get invited. Well, you get invited on the talk show circuit, and your record sells another million copies. I mean, he's yeah. there. He's doing very well for himself. This guy. It's ridiculous. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He like, might I mean, like, very I just... well. He's not getting punched in the face by Conor McGregor. Well. Yeah, I mean, I, I want this to be a build-up to a celebrity boxing match, because Conor McGregor would take his head clean off in a sanctioned fight. I mean, Machine Gun Kelly fell off the stage at Saturday Night Live trying to pick up Pete Davidson. That is also so... true. He also took a power bomb from Kevin Owens off the stage through a table. There you go. <laughs> uh, he's also when dating Megan Kelly. 20, when <laughs> not, you Megan Kelly. 20, you not Megan that. Kelly. He's dating Megan Fox, which means that she's like on the red carpet again, like because he's more, much more famous than Megan Fox. Like so, Megan Fox gets to wear nothing, and now I, I get to do my favorite pastime, which is. Staring and making finding make photos of Megan Fox's weird thumbs. <laughs> and she tries to like hide them. I didn't want to say anything about that. That's kind of what I know about her. One that she's hard to work with, and two, she has weird thumbs. <laughs> but it's always wild on the red carpet to have her like mis- like hold like if you become aware of her hands and her weird thumbs, she's developed, I believe, like an entire way of mostly masking them like holding her purse with like her thumbs behind it and stuff Ooh. and like she like has her hands at her sides a lot i think that she is like poor lady wouldn't you be bummed you know you're trying to do this thing have I a console myself a career. with millions of dollars and you're you i, I you think look. she should lean into it and go get kim kardashian's met gala dress and just cut out holes for her thumbs <laughs> just that all black full covering can't see anything to do with her if there are thumbs floating <laughs> down the red carpet. <laughs> Bow. Uh, like there, it's what you all wanted, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, I was like, that was that was a, a headline that I that I stumbled across when I was looking up uh, garbage time stuff, which I guess we'll get to in garbage time. Which was the Rolling Stones updated their list of the 500 greatest songs of all time, which I feel is garbage time talk. Ooh. So anyway, yeah, yeah, it's garbage time talk. At least it's garbage. <laughs> Correct. And if you want to hear me go off on that list, you better subscribe. Tune into garbage time. Holy crap! So, what else is going on, everybody? I mean, like I said, there is obviously the elections that are happening uh, right now uh, that I'm assuming we're paying a bit of attention to on the side or something. If we're going to have a new prime nope. minister, or if it's just going to be the same of the same, I think it's going to be the same of the same. I think I think I saw on the CBC they were saying that Atlanta Canada went heavily liberal, which is kind of to be expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I think that's always like the last the 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 final the final polls on CBC were showing, as near as I could tell, that like the block would lose seats probably to the PPC, and then it was going to be more or less like the same like thirty one thirty split yeah. one way or the other, conservative liberal, and like nineteen to twenty percent NDP was the polls, obviously. You know, something could happen, but yeah, but that's it. I'm excited to see if my buddy wins uh, the Green Party seat in Ontario. I'm sorry, I don't remember his riding. So this guy's story is pretty incredible. He o- opened up a business doing eco certification, like going around businesses and getting them eco certifications. And he turned, he was like extremely successful with this, and I think sold it to some kind of eco brand and made himself a bucket of money. And then he, uh, in the last election, took 
campaigning door to door and he knocked on every single door in the riding and was like, look, I'm going to work for you. I'm, gonna, I'm under the Green Party, but my job is to represent you. And um, he got and, and, and did this for like six months while he had cancer and beat the cancer and pulled something like 30% of the votes when the liberal guy got 38%. So he, he came from behind and like did really well. And then he was running again in this election. And just as the election was being dropped, the liberal guy got me too'd and then dropped out of the race. And because of bad timing, he did it like the day after the liberals were not allowed to replace him. So he was running against, you know, a non non competitive conservative thing. So I'm he, there might be a, a Michael Morris MP in uh, in Liberal or in Ontario. That'd be exciting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We had the uh, the NDP NDP the NDG Westmount Mister Sam Fairbrother on go plug yeah. yourself this last week. How did that go? It's pretty fun. Uh, yeah. Lawrence tried to write him a joke for the debates. I don't I don't know if he used it, but he was just sort of like yeah. uh, he was like when you get up there and be like, hey, Mister Garno, for those of us who can't leave the planet whenever we want how are you gonna <laughs> save it and yeah just calling him out to be for being an astronaut <laughs> so i was like yeah, i don't yeah. think i'll use that and he's like i was like i'm i was like i think comedians should maybe punch up these elections a little bit or punch you know, up not for, not for nothing people going into space this year has been kind of a, a not attractive thing it's true you know, <laughs> what are you talking about cowboy hats cowboy <laughs> right. hats and billionaires yeah that's it just get all that Bezos and, and Musk didn't run. You don't want that anymore. Musk didn't go. Bezos and um, Branson. Yeah, but isn't Branson? Hasn't I feel like Branson already went? Isn't this like trip number two or something? No, man. This was this was the first time for both of them. However, Musk will, as Musk will happily say, both of those guys went as far from the planet as one eighth of the distance to actual orbit. They there's like they Bezos and Branson got into this argument over like who actually made it. There's like all these different definitions of like what space actually is, mm-hmm. but neither of them was fucking anywhere close to being in orbit of the planet, hmm. and. And and it you know it takes exponentially more energy to get farther away, right? So they okay. did very little of the actual distance to 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 space. I mean, Man, I remember that watching that guy jump out of that really big balloon. I think that was my favorite for the Red Bull guy. Yeah, yeah, dumb yeah, thing with space. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that's what I want more of. Less less billionaires, more guys just getting up that high and jumping. Yeah, I just I wonder who just like high enough and you see like the gopro footage or whatever that like you saw the curve the of the planet of the <laughs> like and then you're like and now i'm jumping you're like oh no he was okay and wasn't it like and didn't he like end up in a flaspin and nearly lose consciousness and then like recovered like there's all that like, like i think that went wrong planned. with that jump no 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 i think that was part of it they were like expecting him to lose consciousness for for like a minute and then and then get it back he imagine? almost lost his hand he almost lost his hand that was the big accident really uh, part were... of his wrist cuff depressurized. Oh yeah, and, like he got like crazy and burn, his... like cold burn, whatever, right? Well, no, his hand also expanded because of the lack of pressure and the, the blood pressure inside his hand. It like tripled in size. Whoa! He, he got like stay puff hands. And uh... how cool is that, though? <laughs> pretty cool, though. It's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> That's how it is. Like, hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville, and welcome to Space Jump. <laughs> Uh, did you hear they're 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 delaying the the theatrical release? 
of the new the new Jackass. Yeah, and they were saying that it's, a, it's not safe to to go to theaters, and they think that it's something that should be watched in a group for like maximum enjoyment. So they're they're stalling it off to the the spring or something. Weird, weirdly oh, wow. responsible from a yeah. group of people known throughout the world for their Jackass tomfoolery. Although, well, they're professionals, and you shouldn't try this at all. Yeah, everyone was just sort of like, but what a wasted opportunity to have like an intro of just like. I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is going to the movies in a pandemic, and then just start the movie. Bleom, bleom, bleom. But yeah, they're uh, they're delaying the the whole the whole thing. <clears throat> yeah, which I mean, I guess probably for the best. I, I, I would have crept off to a theater to see it. I feel I, like those boys deserve some of my, my yeah, books. for sure. And I mean, like, I and I think that was kind of their point is they were like, because apparently someone was giving them flack to be like, like the movie either someone in the movie theater industry or whatever it was like, we have like safe social distancing and all that stuff. And they were like, yeah. So like at most you could put 25% of the people in the theater and stuff. He's like, I'm not saying movies are necessarily unsafe, but they were like, we want like a rowdy crowd of idiots watching our movie. And that yeah. can't happen. Like, we're not saying you can't go to the movies and like sit quietly and watch a Dune. Like, I mean, go for it. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, we expect drunken stone people like falling all over themselves in the theaters. That's what we want. You yeah. know, so I can kind of understand, like, they're like, we're not saying that going to the theaters is necessarily unsafe, but we wanted a, like, a Jackass what? movie. Like, I always remember when Ronan was talking about when Jackass, mm -hmm. the first one or whatever, was playing at the Paramount, and he was just sort of like, the entire theater's reeked of pot. There was, like, stuff spilled everywhere, people falling down. And then, like, like when little kids watched Karate Kid and then, like, got out of the theater <laughs> and tried to do karate, he's, like, watching college kids, like... Just like get out of the theater and then just like start jumping off of things, and, like trying to jump over like trash bins and, and like, falling down, hitting each crying. other and stuff. He's yeah. like, "Oh, this is great!" Every night, same video, like a bunch of drunk college kids <laughs> just trying to do jackass stunts out in front of the Paramount. Uh -huh. uh, Scott, you were saying? I was saying, uh, going to the theater is safe, depending on who you go with. If it's uh, us, not so bad. If it's with Habs prospect Jesse Alonen. Uh, not oh. so much. Habs news. Is this, is this Habs talk? What happened? Yeah, yeah, he's publicly said he's not getting vaxxed. He's like, this bad. Me not go. Oh, no shot right. for me. And they're just like, you're in the AHL. You pay 30% of your games in Canada. The rest of the time, you have to cross the border. You Correct. idiots. Go back to Finland. It's like, you're done. You can't play. Yeah. The, the Every NHL... time you cross back, it's two weeks of isolation. Did you hear about uh, Drouin? Did uh, did his inter first public interview uh, with RDS? Yep. I think today said that he suffered from deep anxiety and like wicked insomnia. And and I was like, man, I was like, that's a bummer because it's one of the, and apparently it was like one of those things where they're like, yeah, like the team doctors like did what they could, but I'm like, you can't really be given a ton of sleeping pills to a pro athlete and then expect him to go like full tilt hockey awareness. Like that makes you groggy, makes you messed up. And if you're not sleeping. I feel you cannot play at a sport with the like speed and physicality of hockey. Why, why don't you just give them the sleeping pills and then give them some uh, bennies or whatever after, you know, a little uppers, <laughs> just like just like Don Cherry would do, just like Don Cherry would do. <laughs> That's how you go. So yeah, I I mean, I'm all for second second 20, chances. Twenty twenty, man, fuck that. Everyone had that. <laughs> I'm for it. Like, sorry, Druin. I I I hope you feel better. You're not alone. <laughs> Or a lot of people that spent the last year and a half full of anxiety with trouble sleeping. Yeah, but I mean, I'm glad but, you were uh, in a place where you could take some time off. I don't yeah, exactly. It's, it's I, I don't know if a lot of people's jobs involve like real high speed, like quick decision making, or you'll get your head taken off by like 
Like, cause I mean, like, no, no, no. He... I mean, like, I agree. It sucks that he didn't have a job where he could wear pajamas all day for for ten months. You know, that's what I'm saying. A lot of people did. <laughs> Some say John's still wearing pajamas. I'm wearing pajamas right now. I was just saying because John's been working from home longer than most people. This is the. It's true. The thing. Did I go a year without putting on pants? You could. I'm sure. I have. (laughs) Uh, Scott's trying to trying to look down the camera angle. Yeah. No. I I I get it, and I mean, like, I I kind of also understand the, like, the how if you're a professional athlete, whatever you want to say about attitude and play style, whatever else, like, if you really truly want to be like playing hockey and your team is on a run to the Stanley cup finals and you're like mentally not capable of doing it. You gotta, that's gotta be rough. Like just in terms of like stuff yeah, that you, you you're a professional about. at the top, at the peak of, of anybody on the planet who would be capable of doing this. And you yeah. took the job, you take a job eating bees. You don't get to complain when you get stung in the mouth. Well, sure. Yeah, but, but no, no, no. I'm, 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 on, I'm not a big fan of Jonathan Drew. The, the, but like the mental health player. issues don't necessarily like if you're, exist if when you're you someone, be eating, you know, <laughs> if you're someone who, who excels in such a rarefied air of, of sports, there is a definite certain string of things that you have done to get there. You have had the support of your family. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't make it through, you know, ages six to 14 without your family there. And then everything else is going to be like, you have to work with all of these people to keep yourself at this elite level of performance. And then for like 50 games or 60 games, they're just like, also, you can't talk to anyone else. You have to live in your little box of a hotel room. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't see your family or your your loved ones. Uh, Everything that you eat is going to be brought to you on a tray. Mm -hmm. So, Good luck, like, you know, cooking your favorite pregame meal with the stuff you've gone shopping for or had brought to you. Like, all of that goes out the window. So, yeah, anyone with a little bit of anxiety could totally have a whole lot of anxiety. How many seasons is this? Or how many? At what point of his career? 30 30 games and then 50 games, right? Like, that's. Yeah, he stopped playing in April this year, and he's reported to training camp now. So, like, he missed like right. they're like he missed about five months, and also, like I said, it was jer- like he missed the playoff run, which I feel is like in itself its own like punishment. Like that's the only thing these guys want, even like like they want their millions of dollars. Not the millions of dollars. No, I, but I'm saying, but you, once you have that contract, the only thing you like the contract's locked. You're guaranteed money in the NHL, so you're mm-hmm. like he could sit there and play or not play, and it's like these people are bred to be competitive, right? Like they have to be to compete at that level. Like, I don't think anybody can like take the, like the notion of like a lazy sports guy is like, I, I think it's possible, but I feel that most of them, like to get to where you're going, they've like instilled this, like probably like unhealthy amount of competitiveness in a person. Like, cause you For always sure. have to be the best of every level. I'm not even but saying some that that's of them like, don't get the 10 year contract and then kind of, kind of phone it in a little bit. It's not that rare, and it's even more rare in the playoffs. People right. will phone it in 82 games a season, but then when they hit the playoffs, like, it's not unusual for, like, guys to suddenly, like, wake up. Like, air, air quotes, lazy players suddenly, yeah. like, wake up. Because it's like, like... John, I don't, I don't know if you know this. Uh, NHL contracts are only for the regular season. Yeah. So as soon as they hit the playoffs, they stop making money. Mm-hmm. And they the guys get play insane, paychecks. right? <laughs> yeah. 
Like there's, it's literally just like, there's just pride almost on the line for this thing. And I was like, if, how do you grow up playing hockey at that degree and not dream of playing in a Stanley cup final? You're like, that's like, know. exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I can understand that the guy getting pretty beaten up about it. And like, like Scott was saying, this is like, there's the normal amount of anxiety and pressure of being a hockey player. And then there's what just happened. And like, like a, a bunch of the guys were even like, I would not want to play because it's an unsafe environment. And everyone's like, you're a sucker. And they're like, well, so now the entire media turned on me for not wanting to play in isolation during a pandemic or whatever. And everyone like turned on you and like suddenly you're in the spotlight for trying to be healthy. It's like, it's a weird thing. And I like, I don't know, I, I the way I look at it is I'm like, we have a lot of celebrities and stuff who like take their own lives. I feel that we don't have any real like realm of what the pressures and all that is involved in. And then I feel like throwing all that into the pandemic ringer. I mean, like I said, all for second chances. Hopefully the kid is, you know, has the mental like man there were times during the last year and a half where i was like i don't think i can do a podcast with my two oldest bestest friends (laughs) like i I just don't have it in me today (laughs) so the idea of like lacing up some metal blades to my feet and going out on the ice against freaking zadino chara yeah Sounds sounds terrible. <laughs> You're just like, and you then, know, there were days that where I'm like, yeah, there is no chance I'm going to want to do that while someone's shooting a piece of frozen vulcanized rubber around. Especially if you're like, also like throw in, throw in, you're a French Canadian player on the Habs. So like, you're the talk of every, like by taking this time off, he became the whipping boy of every French sports media commentator. Scott, this dude was not going to work in a hospital five days a week no right no, no, there's, no, no, there's no. extra pressure on you that he did not have to absorb he got to go to fucking training camps and be surrounded by medical people whose only interest is keeping him safe you're you're in the face of an idiot public who complains about wearing masks when they're bringing their children to the fucking to the hospital hmm. you know it's true it's true i mean there weren't any protesters outside the bell center last week and there were protesters outside the hospital last <laughs> right. week I was going to say, but when Scott shows up to work grumpy, he doesn't become the, like, the topic of a four-hour morning conversation on French radio. Probably for the best. Yeah. But I'm just saying, but that, that also happened to Drouane when he went through this. Like, the minute he, like, stepped away from the team, the team was like, please respect his privacy. And they absolutely didn't. Like, French media were, like, showing up at his house and, like, doing whatever. And all the sports channels were, like, saying he was lazy and that we should trade him and all that. Like, it's a bummer. You're like, I'd like some me time. And they're like, no, you're a French Canadian player on the Hab, so go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you wonder why they, why French Canadian players don't like playing for Montreal. Like, yeah, meh. I don't know. Did you watch Catwoman? Sure did. Oh boy, yeah. oh boy. Here we go. My speaking of insomnia, anxiety-inducing activities. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> directed by. Pitoff. Is that true? Yes, P I T O F is the name of the director. There's a one name director. Pitoff. Which I believe wow, is wow, pronounced wow. Pitoff. Um, so, according to John Rogers, is one of the three people who shares a screenplay credit on the film. Uh, recently took uh-huh. to Twitter in response that very recently, this is an article from two or three years ago, uh, yeah. in response to the question and explained that he knew studio changes being made were going on to make the movie suck. He tried to explain that nobody was, but nobody was listening. According to Rogers, I was fired off the movie after writing the green light draft because I kept arguing with notes that would make the movie very, very bad, which I said out loud at meetings. I got fired by the producers. (laughs) 
<laughs> so this is the, the writer of it. That's hey, John Rogers. Notes would make the movie very, very bad. <laughs> and they How dare it. you, sir? Take your things and leave. Yep, yeah, exactly. No, we're going to make the movie good. So there's a lot going on in this movie. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, like I, I'm consulting my notes. One thing that I remember off the top of my head is the soundtrack is completely nondescript. Like, like, boom, ba, boom, boom, ba, boom, boom, boom. Like every transition, I was like, "Oh, this movie was supposed to have." It a sounds super... like a Seinfeld. Almost, yeah. Like, well, yeah. there's like weird, like stuff like that, and there's like generic, like beats, like like hip hop beats, like a lot of that, like so much. And then I was like, "Oh, this movie was supposed to have a good soundtrack," and everyone bailed. Like, I'm like mm -hmm. for sure, like strong female like character Halle Berry actress this was going to be a vehicle for a soundtrack and then everyone yeah. was like oh this is trash and I'm sure they like there is not a single piece of licensed music like that you would recognize <laughs> in it whereas that would be like a super easy fit and especially considering that like Pitaf is a like a dance music video director and there's so many like music video-esque sequences in the film like, have you guys yep. seen it? If you guys recall briefly or anything? I actually think I tried to watch it and gave up at one point. I felt like I, I owed it to myself. And I've seen a lot of clips. I remember the yeah. basketball scene. Yeah, the basketball well. scene. Like, that. that is absolutely meant to have, like, a Destiny Child song playing or whatever. Like, you could tell that that was, like, the vision. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like this was, like, shot and made to look like a music video in every possible <laughs> way. There's a scene where she's, like, riding a motorcycle and, like, the everything like blurs around her and it's like zooming in the cameras, like swirling around. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is supposed to have some like, like Tiesto or something like, like you could tell yeah. there was just stuff that was shot and it's like long sequences of just like fun camera stuff that you're like, Oh, this is supposed to have good music and not like stuff you bought off of like public domain techno beats or whatever it is. Right. Like, it, it's like, as soon as you realize that there is no good music in it, you're like, Oh, this is, all the most generic shitty music unimaginable. Anyway, all there's right. no there's no soundtrack released. It's just the original score. Yeah, and and the original score is not good. And there's like I said, there's no music in it to speak of. Like, and you could tell, like I said, the way it was shot that they definitely want it. Okay, um, what do we got? First, <laughs> there's so many hilarious notes here. The the fact that there's just like so. This is also full disclosure. This is not a movie about Catwoman. This is a movie about a cat woman. Right? Like, this is not Selena Kyle. It's Patience Phillips, who is nobody. And then she also gets mystical ancient cat powers, which is nothing. And it has nothing to do with Batman. It's not set in Gotham. She doesn't fight Joker. She doesn't do anything. Like, so this is a movie that is, has, as far as I know, no tie or connection to the comic Catwoman whatsoever. Really? She I want to see those notes. <laughs> that scriptwriter just be like, so we want to take out Selena Kyle and Batman, and Gotham City, and anything else that ever was in a Catwoman comic book. Correct. Like, she performs one burglary, then feels like feels bad about it and returns the jewels. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, well, you can't have your hero be a thief. But then that's don't not, make a Catwoman that's movie. Not, that's... <laughs> and, like, and then there's, like, an old lady who's like, there are many Catwomen through time. There are women possessed by, like, the spirit of Bast, who are, like, can, like, have... And also, like, they make it a full-on that she has superpowers, right? They're like, you have super strength, super speed, super agility, and all that stuff. And I was like, Catwoman has none of these things. This is not Catwoman. Right. 
like you are like you are literally imbued with and blessed by bast is the thing and that's movie. a bold play to make a movie called catwoman has enough based on the characters catwoman? by bob kane and whatever and it not at all I'm like, I'm like is it is it though i was like and it's again it's patience phillips a graphic designer who uh finds out that her makeup company employer um like the special treatment or cream or whatever that the makeup company is deploying actually like wrecks your skin and like makes your face fall off or something. Wasn't that the plot of the first, the, the, the Batman with Keaton? No. Joker, Joker was putting out all these like poison poisons in the makeup that would, when combined together would give everybody Joker face. Partially, but I mean, that was like a subplot. Yeah. I watched 89 Batman like two or three weeks ago. It was like, that was yeah, like, it was, a, that was potentially like, and that was like a slight, like one of his, Schemes. Schemes. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's it. But that was like not the core plot of it. And then in the process, uh, but apparently if you take that makeup cream long enough, like uh, what's her face does. Uh, why Michelle did I Pfeiffer. blank on her name? Uh, Basic Instinct. Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone is the main bad guy of the film. So if you take that cream right. long enough, you end up with like skin as hard as marble and no sense of pain. So then she can just like take all of Catwoman's punches. Oh boy, is there a terrible girl fight? There is. There's a uh, yeah. There's a dumb fight scene. <laughs> there's also oh my god. There's a handwriting comparison scene where she writes she writes like sorry to her like boyfriend on the on like a coffee cup because she like stood him up by accident. And then she also writes like sorry on like the bag full of jewels that she apparently like stole by accident because it's like it's implied that like when she's Catwoman she's like a different person. She's like it's not me. It's Catwoman. Like that's like a thing, and then there's like a pretty you lengthy scene. That's not a thing in any other superhero. Uh, like that's a bad trope to go for. Well, wait, like maybe maybe Hulk, but even then, yeah, Hulk doesn't really know what he's up to. Sword. Shazam does Shazam know? Yeah, like the little kid remembers all the his same. actions as Shazam. the same. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I feel I feel that this has been a thing in other superheroes. No, that's Mr. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. I mean, I know. Well, okay, but hold on, hold on, hold on. In this thing, she's got the, the, the spirit of Bast in her, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Bast giving her a different... Uh... Kind of, yeah. But anyway, but then when they yeah. analyze the, the story, the, he, like, the cop is like, this looks like pretty similar handwriting or whatever. And then they bring it to the handwriting expert. <laughs> and he's like, these like these women couldn't be further apart. One of them is like shy and whatever, and this one's full of confidence. And I get it. I was like, mm-hmm. get out of here. I was like, what are you? This is good. This is good writing. <laughs> like, compete. Keith, I'm looking at a screenshot of these two different handwritings. They're the same. They're exactly it's, the same. It's it's not even it's not even handwriting. It looks like it's been laser printed on both of these things. <laughs> it's an exact graphic, exactly the same. <laughs> they have it, like you said, it's in the <laughs> screenshot. You can see them, and you're like, as a, as someone watching the film, I'm like, I can see these are identical. <laughs> they're explaining how they're completely yeah. different. They're like, the flourish on the Y. Someone who, like, owns the room whenever she walks into the, whatever. I was like, get out of here. Uh, or, oh, man, or she, like, hiccuped when she was writing it. That's maybe. At most. Oof. Oh, yeah, there's also, like, again, another music video scene. Uh, she, like, First of all, I, I just swayed my shoulders and I remember that like she has this stupid walk where she like swings her shoulders like all the way forward and all the way back that is used constantly. And it's also like there's an absurd amount of CG in this thing. Like it's really hard mm-hmm. to tell if when is it well, 
when is it Halle Berry and when is it CG? And the answer looks to be mostly CG. Like there's so many shots of her doing this stupid walk, clearly like a 2004 video game, like animation. Oof. It's so weird and so bad. But anyway, so she goes into a nightclub and then just instead of like going to see the guy that she wants to talk to, like stands in the middle on a little stage and then does like a whip dance for like five minutes. Again, like this was intended to have like a song that you would recognize playing and not just generic beats while Halle Berry does like, a spinning around in a circle whip dance with like go-go dancers all around her. Uh, yeah. Marble skin is the dumbest. Uh, she hit by a toxic makeup waste, chemical waste and falls into like the water. Then a cat breathes on her that, Oh yeah, that's it. She dies. A cat breathes on her and imbues her with cat powers and brings her back as Catwoman. That's how she get it. Uh, she freaks, okay. has a scene where she freaks out for catnip at the lady's house. Because oh, wow, wow, wow. she does, because yeah, that's it. Like, like she is an actual cat again, not Selena right. Kyle, skilled jewel thief, right. gymnast, whatever. She's a cat. This woman. is a cat woman. Has nothing to do with the comics whatsoever. <laughs> okay. uh, Alex Borstein is in there also, who's just completely plays like a like a completely one dimensional boy crazy best friend, who's just like, look at him, hubba hubba. Oh, my doctor's my future husband. Hey, and like, like it's just like a poor Alex Borstein. She's funnier than that. Um. Oh yeah. That. Oh my god. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. They they have like the sacred book of Bast or whatever that they show her and all this. It's nonsense. It's just it's complete nonsense. Okay. What What was the best part? What was enjoyable of this experience? None of it. No. <laughs> None of it. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Her boss runs this multi-million dollar like makeup thing and he doesn't like her like proofs or whatever as a graphic designer and just calls her into his office. I was like, what? I was like, this is how multi-millionaire leagues work. They bring in a graphic designer to talk about this line and then they're like, you have till midnight to fix it. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, it's super stupid. And then she uh, she kicks. They leave, they leave it open for a sequel because of course they do. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. She kicks Sharon Stone out of the, a window and she dies. Or no, she kicks kicks Sharon Stone and falls against the glass and it falls through. And then she tries to sh- save Sharon Stone, but she falls anyway. And then she like hits the pavement and, and dies. And then she's like, I would never kill anyone. And then they uh, they kind of like, per- like she was in jail at the time. And she like, you know, pushes out of the bars because, you know, like how cats can like push through anything their head can fit through. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, okay. she does that. She just pushes through the bars and like and kind of like I guess looks like she's supposed to like dislocate her shoulder or something and then just like walks out of the police place and then they're like it'd be hard to prove you're Catwoman if so if Patience Phillips never left the cell and I was like I'm pretty sure someone would notice that someone was missing from a cell she's been gone all night at this point <laughs> like so I guess the idea is that she like breaks back into prison to like protect her alibi to being like it can't be me or whatever. Yeah, this movie's trash. Um, but I watched it, so take that. How does it rank, you might ask? Mm-hmm. I don't I do. think it ranks... Like, very close to like the bottom, but it's not offensive. Like, that's, I think, the... Yeah. The, yeah. The... I think this sounds like it was just bad, boring, and stupid, rather than, like, actively... There's or, enough you know... wrong with it that it... Om- like... I've read some articles online where people are like, Catwoman is so bad, it's good. And I'm like, I disagree. But like, it does, like, there's enough awful and like awful stuff of where that has you just like getting upset and saying like, what the hell am I watching happens often enough that it's kind, that's kind of engaging, you know, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't cross far enough into being like campy fun that I could like get into it with some sort of like callback. 
Well, let's okay, start so sounds... with number 208, Cats. That's right where I was, too. <laughs> <laughs> How does it compare to Cats? Worse. The animated... It's worse than Cats? Yeah, right below Cats. Right below Cats is the room. I mean, this is where we're getting. This is absolutely the right zone. I thought of the same thing because of like yeah. similar problems, like weird physicality and like useless CG and stuff. Like a lot of the same things that plague Cats. What about, however, what about if you recall, like, request to release the butthole version? But however, if you recall at the beginning of my discussion of 2004's Catwoman, I said that there was nothing, like, all the music was generic trash. And at least Cats had, like, versions of, like, Andrew Lloyd Webber takes on, like, T.S. Eliot poetry. So, like, at the very least, there was some talent that was being absolutely butchered, butchered in Cats. Right. But right, there was, like, right, right. some talented, like auteurs and musicians were involved in the like the core of what cats was right. shitting all over so this all is right, worse geez, than cats because it just has generic techno beats or at least cats. let's drop down a little bit then because that 210 is another adapted property with terrible music and absolutely nothing to do with the source material Gem and the holograms, Gem Gem and the holograms. holograms. <laughs> yeah Oh god, guys! It was so. I think it, it might so be. Like I said again, I, I I would pop it below the room for sure because like the room does have that so bad it's good stuff that like is yeah. would be Catwoman's only saving grace. And then, and like I said, and then where I look at like Dragonlance and Tiptoes, they were both awfully boring. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Soul Man and stuff like this starts to get like to be like either like offensive. visually or socially offensive below that. So I believe. Right. I guess, John, uh, I would put it above Gem and the Holograms, I think. Okay. Because, again, you said yeah. that was really, really boring. And this was bad. It was. But there was, like I said, there was enough, like, there was enough to get mad about in, like, every scene that it wasn't truly boring. Okay. And the room had some, you know, there was some amusement to, yeah, exactly. it's so bad it had some fun. So, there yeah, you go. Yeah, Catwoman goes. Like, just under the room, above Gem and the Holograms. I think that's a pretty good handcuffing those two things together. Like, yeah. What? I, Catwoman and Gem. I think those things. Sure. Show well and, together. and that's and that's and, the thing and, that I think that like Catwoman had going for it. Weirdly, was that it? Like I said, there was stuff. Especially, like, especially, it was an awful movie. And then, like I said, it takes on new dimensions of awfulness when you decided that like someone, be it the producers or Pitaf or someone, just was like the source material is trash. We're gonna get it right. Catwoman <laughs> is like. <laughs> blessed by bast or whatever like like it's you obviously we're going to make people mad <laughs> you know like like the one people that might give you the free pass it was, it was 2004 right they didn't know that much it was still early in the in the making marvel superhero movies you know maybe they thought that they could they could change things up and nobody would no, care no this was still 15 years after blade and okay well that's, like, that's and, fair and at the same x-men x-men is also like out there yeah. and they're just like the spider-man so holly berry had story. already come out there was also like uh batman begins was 2005 which means that at least they were probably being like green lit and like worked on in similar time frames right these movies don't like right. like nolan i think i'm and I'm, I'm relatively sure that nolan probably started working on batman begins before pitoff started working on catwoman knowing that like nolan puts like years of work and stuff into his stuff and this was maybe filmed yeah. on like couple months i don't know <laughs> so what something nice about that whole thing is that oscar winner halle berry has a nice sense of humor she went to the razzies where the film won mm -hmm. four of the seven for which it was nominated and she said when winning this the award for worst actress that this was just what my career needed 
Sarah was, also, you, yeah, Sarah was also asking. She was like, but isn't Halle Berry good? I'm like, not really. I'm like, name things uh. she's good in. I'm like, there's Monster, which, for which she won an Academy Award. And then yeah. after that, I'm like, I'm... Mon- Monsters, Monsters Ball. Monsters, Monsters Ball. Monsters yeah. a different movie. Monsters, the other one. It's Charlie's Theron and Monster. Yes. Yeah. Monsters Ball. Confused. Because they both won Academy Awards, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Monster, Monster is Charlize Theron and Christina Ricci. Is that right? No. Yes? Anyway. Maybe. No. Anyway, whatever. And Monster's Ball, yes, is Halle Berry. But yeah, I was like, I... Can you think of a good thing with Halle Berry in it? Like, because I was listening to another Swordfish? podcast the other day where they were talking her? about uh, Swordfish. And I was, I was like, oh yeah, with Halle Berry. Swordfish is pure <laughs> trash. <laughs> it's also John Travolta, unless I... Misremembered. She's guy. in one of the worst scenes of movie forty-three. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> when her scene ends at the in, in during watching movie forty-three, which really needs to get on the list soon. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm behind. Guys. I yeah. I uh, I was like, wow, she made me more offended. <laughs> wow, wow, wow! We were super offensive, and she kicked things up a notch. Like, let's. I'm just. My God, I guess X Men. Yeah, she was bad in X Men. Like that run through thing that she's. I don't even see Race the Sun. That's John nonsense. John Wick Chapter Three. She was not great in John Wick. Not not great, but not awful. Yeah, but she was she was she was okay. She was bad in five X Men movies, though. That's. I don't know if that's, that's fair because they they took all of her lines away and she just kind of like said two lines per film and and. But like, or I mean, I guess. But like apparently she was just like bad to work with, and that was what they ended bland. up with. Right? Like she was bland. Yeah, yeah. and she yeah. also slowly transitioned away from her African accent, which was bad, to a full-on American accent. Yeah, which was yeah. out of nowhere. She was she not like great Kevin in that Bond Oscar. movie. Wow. No, she was. She was not a great Bond. I have girl. not seen Gothica. Maybe that's a type of. <laughs> I did. And that wasn't bad. Oh. It wasn't a great. You guys would hate it because it's like horror light. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, what's the net? what's that Leonardo DiCaprio Shutter Island? I like Shutter Island. Like, Shutter Island was great. Eh, so eh. this is like the the dollar store version of Shutter Island. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's harsh. She was I've, ginger I've, ale in Kingsman: The Golden Circle, which was also known as the Bad Kingsman. God, that movie is really bad. <laughs> I actually didn't watch it because everybody said it was fucking horrible. And and like the first John one was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah, it was. Get ready for your next list choice then, because that's oh, going to be in the running. Can't be I had to sit through that. I really like the first one. That mo- no, John, it's it's that it's bad. bad. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Like the worst is they're 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 doing they're doing more Kingsman, right? They're doing like the American mm-hmm. branch or whatever. Hold on, hold on. But I think it's okay. They 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 know they fucked up the second one, and they 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 might twist things around. Yeah, they they can yeah. fix it without a doubt. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's still. I don't know if fixing it is making it American. I feel that could be a... Probably not. Um, so also, I left the province for the first time since 2019. I went Where to Toronto. Go? Good Why? news, everybody. Toronto still sucks. <laughs> That's my Toronto update. <laughs> uh, I went to a, a toy store, and I, without knowing anything, I just I just wanted to reference... Uh, Scott, there's a bad guy in DC Universe called The Creeper. Yeah, yeah, he's a um, Gil Kane creation, and uh, not not Gil Kane, uh, Steve Ditko creation. He's a Ditko okay. guy. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I just I was like, I need to ask Scott about this. I'm not going to Google it. 
Okay, but if these are more characters that are going to end up in Suicide Squad movies, like, aren't we okay with that? The wackier, the better. Give me more polka dot mans. The creeper. So, what's the creeper's deal? He's kind of like a weird mix of the Joker and Jekyll and Hyde as a vigilante hero. Oh, he's a good guy. Yeah. Just, just think about just seeing like the cocaine creeper. or whatever that's involved, where you're like. His name is the Creeper, but he's the good guy. And he, he laughs like a maniac, and he's off-putting by his garish, outrageous colors. It's like yellow and green and red and, and like... Yeah, he looks like... He, I thought he was like Joker adjacent or like like some weird Joker spinoff or someone who took Joker gas or whatever. Like he has yeah, like the no. elongated face and whatever. I mean, I'm, you're telling me no, but I was just... I'm again... No, no. I, I judging I, everything I, by I, an action figure. I understand why. <laughs> yeah. He looks very Joker-esque. But no, he's kind of like a super bizarre... You know, Keith, if you found some some like DC Universe old classic Creeper comics, I think you would dig them. Because don't forget, Steve Ditko is the guy that came up with all of the freaking Spider-Man villains, right? Yeah. Like, Craven the Hunter and the Rhino and Dr. Octopus, those are some weird-looking crazy concepts like the, the sandman and the vulture so this is prime ditko and uh it's weird it's not bad i, I read a bunch of the original stuff because my grandparents kept all of my uncle's comic books when for when i went to go visit and i, I inherited them all hmm. uh, so he's like an old school guy like I, that was the other thing too yeah it's like, like a, a early to mid 60s guy hmm so like yeah, really prime prime Dicko. Wow, where does he come from? What? Where does he come from? Yeah, why did no no? Why did you ask? What, you why went did to I a ask? comic book store and saw yeah, I went to a comic book store and saw like a like a rogues gallery of DC villains, most of whom I recognized, and then in the middle a the guy creeper, called, like, the creeper, and then I said I'm not gonna Google this. I'm gonna ask Scott about it. Be like <laughs> knowing I was just like I was like I bet you Scott's heard of this guy like. I know his, like, it was really, this was more of, I guess, like a, a test of Scott's, like, comic acumen. <laughs> to just be like, yeah, tell me everything I, you know about the Creeper. I think the, his alter ego is like a TV anchor. Oh. Like a weird investigative journalist slash talk show host kind of <laughs> thing. Like, stay tuned next as we uncover corruption in the city. But then he's also a crazy maniac vigilante guy. Crazy. I don't know about his modern incarnations. I see him pop up every now and then as some new writer wants to reinvent the the creeper, the, the other Ditko creation. Yeah, is he's, he's like the like the, the Ditko's misfit grandson or whatever, like weird child that he just threw. His I think stuff I think Ditko just... fighting with Stan Lee, and then DC was just like, "Why don't you come work with us and do anything?" <laughs> and that's what the creeper was. Stan told me I couldn't make the creeper. This is what Stan wouldn't want you to read. Weird Pretty much. Guy. And then he took home all his original art and uh, used it to wrap fish in. <laughs> used it to wipe his own ass. Steve freaking Ditko. Uh, I watched a movie that is uh, available now in theaters. Uh, I didn't see it in theaters, though. I saw it on HBO Max. It was a horror film. I decided to kick off my, my Halloween watching with the film Malignant. Mm. How was that? I watched the Red Letter Media talk about it. It was um, 
I give it a lot of points for creativity, and then I deduct a lot of points for like execution. Mm-hmm. So the deal is, is that there's this woman who starts to have visions of people getting murdered. Uh, but again, in these visions, she can't like do anything. It's like her, she co- kind of gets um, like, like the world sort of like fades around her. And then it's like, she's like, can see someone else. And she thinks she's like maybe psychic or whatever. And as the story progresses, it turns out that her and what's like alluded to be maybe some kind of a, a brother or a twin or something were both in this like hospital in the eighties. And the like he was evil and like told her to do bad things and whatever else. And she then he's like she he's back somehow. He's back somehow. And and they they the movie kind of plays like maybe there's like a psychic bond. There isn't a psychic bond. It's so much crazier than that. I guess. You guys want to, if you watch Red Letter Meter, I'm sure you're all spoiled. I don't think yeah. that this is yeah. necessarily going to. So the twist in this film is that the brother is in fact a parasitic cancer, like cancerous, like tumor that has like is a, aware, self-aware, <laughs> kind of like that lived on the back of her head and could like not necessarily speak, but could somehow. So here's one of the things. All of what I'm talking about, this tumor parasitic thing is, is like, obviously, like, science nonsense, but maybe, like, going to get a horror movie pass. For no, At no point in time does it imply why he can, like, control electrical appliances and stuff. Because he Neato. can. They don't really explain that part. <laughs> and I was like, which, again, I was like, man, I was like, you have, you have me so close to, like, body horror vibes. And then, and, like, the twist is they... Um, they excised, I guess, the cancerous tumor, leaving as much like like to keep her brain intact because it was like coming out of the. He lived on the back of her head and had like this weird little body hanging out and whatever else. And so they like they took him out as much as possible and obviously tried to kill him because he was like a cancer. And then one of the things in the movie is that she's had like a bunch of miscarriages, mm-hmm. and then it's sort of revealed that like the the, the cancer boy was actually, like, taking, like, and absorbing the material and tissue of the babies to, like, reform himself to, like, make himself, like, more powerful so that he could, like, reemerge from the back of her head and stuff. So, like, they even, like, like that's what I'm, like, obviously it's pure horror movie science. <laughs> but I was, like, they kind of, like, thought about some of that stuff. Like, where would he get the material to form himself? Oh, like, he's going to get it from them and just, like, and he's attached to their brain and that's why they share thoughts. And he was, like, the idea was he was like trapping her consciousness in like a mind prison while he was doing the murders. And that's why she was having these weird, like out of body experiences. Okay. While he was like actually prison. controlling her body. Like while he was actually controlling her body. That's fun. So like, like a bunch of, like I said, a bunch of that stuff. I was like a plus just like fun horror creativity execution. Not great. One yeah. thing that is very cool. And it's obviously like help like assisted heavily by CI, but it looks really cool is that when he's in charge, because he's in the back of her head, She's like walking backwards, but like with her hands kind of like forwards. And like, so she like with her hands behind her, she'll still like pick up someone and like choke them because she's going the way he's facing. Right. And it looks and moves like really cool. And visually it's like very fun to watch. Like there's like a part where she's like straddling a guy and like stabbing him to death. Did you lose me? The other way around. Good. Yeah, exactly. And it just like the, the, the physicality of it just seems super weird to see someone like swinging and stabbing like behind their back into the guy's head with like deadly precision. 
You know, like it just it I, looks like I, visually. I see the word right. malignant now. It's like the malignant tumor. Correct. I see. I get it. Anyway, it was pretty fun. I would say, like, as a as as a fun like like a, a, a shut your brain off horror movie thing. And like I said, at no point in time, like where they go out of their way to explain the 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 hows of why this thing can like take over her body and whatever else like they they do that but like then somehow he can like call people on their phone with his mind mm-hmm. like while she's in the room he can like activate the phone and talk through the phone and like that's not explained at all right. and i was like you why'd you give him powers like it would have worked if he was just like a weird slasher that lived in your head there was no need to give him powers <laughs> Was there any any names of actors or a director in it, or was it all uh, unknown new people? Uh, I think pretty much unknown. No one that I like, didn't recognize anybody. Didn't recognize anyone. It was James Wan who the name rings a bell. What James Wan, yeah, he's done he a ton of yeah, conjuring. Stuff. He did the conjuring stuff, and yeah. he did one of the saws. Right. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I have never been impressed with conjuring. I always thought it was like by the numbers horror, kind kind of boring. Oh, he oh, he did the first saw too. He did it with uh, yeah. He did the first saw also. Yeah, he did the first and last saw. The last saw is a ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, that's not good. They they <laughs> stretched that. Made. I actually think I watched all. There's six of them. Pretty sure I watched all of them in a big saw orgy at one point and a sawathon. They all they all kind of blend together. There there is some clever stuff in there. I mean, but I can. I, I'm a, it, I'm a fan of the first play. three. Yeah. I like the first three, and I think it's – is it the third one that has the flashback to the start of the conversation? Yeah. That one's my favorite. That's my favorite scene <laughs> in all of bad horror movies. Oh, it's so good. And then you went through so, the house, and then you opened the The real door, answer is nine. And then you started nine, nine Saw verses. There must have been there's, more Saws after I did my watching. There's six – and then seven was Saw 3D, which I believe was like the final cut or something like that. But then there was mm-hmm. Jigsaw, which was like, because then they took a seven-year hiatus. There mm-hmm. was Jigsaw, which was, the, I guess, like the origin stories of Jigsaw. And then there was Spiral, which exists in, it is the ninth installment of the Saw film series starring Chris Rock, Mike Minghella, Marisol Nichols, and Samuel Jackson. Whoa! Wow. This came out May, May 14th, 2021, and somehow escaped our raiders completely. Wow! It's called Spiral from the Book of Saw. We gotta check that fucking out. Yeah. Wow. The, the film received mixed reviews from critics who praised the franchise's new direction, but were divided on whether it had succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> Good job going in a new direction, guys. I know the, uh, the instinct is to have Chris Rock be the protagonist, but having him be the new Jigsaw sounds amazing. Be, that would be pretty solid. That might be the twist. Uh, I hope I didn't spoil it for myself. I'd be super oh, no. sad. <laughs> yeah, but that—that's the thing I, I will say about *Malignant*, though, is that like the the twist kind of makes sense. And like I said, it's obviously absolutely nonsense, like hocus pocus, like reasoning. But like mm-hmm. they do, like they they lay the foundation for the twist to make sense outside of the magic powers that he has, and they like. And then they set it up like well, and like it explains why it, why it works that way, and then they execute it pretty well that way. And then she kind of uses that the fact that you can like lock one personality away. She uses it against the malignant cancer boy, 
and like locks him away and whatever else. And, and then, and also the, the effect of the weird cancer face, like pushing through the back of her skull and being like, ah, like it's, it looks like at least like 80 to 90% practical, maybe smoothed around with a bit of CG to like cool. make it move around. But like That's how the face pushing through the back of her head looks like real good. On that note, I also watched Jurassic Park, which again is like, a masterclass of cutting of cutting around CG and practical effects to like provide actual tension. Nothing happens in that movie. I realized Jurassic park. Yeah. I'm pretty what sure things happen about? in that movie. No, but I'm saying like, like plot wise, they're like, here's a park. Things went crazy. They barely make it out the end. Like there's like very little plot. It's great. It's, it's tense. Yeah. start to finish. Don't get me wrong. I kind like, of recall also that the CG that they did do, they, they, they knew it wasn't perfect. So they like, worked around it mixed in practical stuff and it still kind of looks good for the T-Rex a chasing the Jeep looks perfect still yeah like and when he like runs in and like smashes his head into the jeep and like they're like ah. like i was yeah. like this looks like especially having just watched 2004 10 years later catwoman with terrible cg <laughs> yeah. and an extra extra like appreciation for what steven spielberg was pulling off in 1994 mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's hard to make timeless effects like yeah. that is not easy to do there's like a I, couple things like when they're up in the tree and the uh, the brachiosaurus like that's clearly green screen like there's a few things where you're like oh yeah this yeah yeah like stuff that looked great to me as a kid didn't necessarily look perfect but then there's stuff like the raptors look great the and i guess he kind of did it in jaws like jaws still looks pretty great too mm, like, i mean it looks okay we're, like we're for the you know you give it a pass because it was 79 yeah exactly that, like, that's what i'm saying it's like obviously 75. 75. But like, but when big old Jaws face comes up and is like smashing through the boat, you're like, something's, I mean, is it a shark? But like something's coming yeah. up and smashing through that boat and boy, does it look <laughs> threatening. <laughs> like, I, I believe the threat is very real when Jaws pops out of the water. <laughs> like, how did, uh, how did it hold up? Was it still uh, good fun? Mm-hmm. It was still great. Jeff Goldblum's pretty funny in it. it uh, what's his name is ridiculous. The, Huh? Ned, Ned, Nedry. Nedry's ridiculous, but no, but like uh, Dr. Hammond, the. Oh, movie. yeah. Um, Merlin, and he was in. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that dude, where he's yeah. like, oh, he's like, we, we'll get it right next time. Even Disney World had some problems. And, and, and Jeff, like, Jeff Goldblum delivering the line, yeah, but the Pirates of the Caribbean didn't, didn't kill the guests. Didn't come to life and murder the guests. <laughs> didn't come to life and murder the guests. Yeah, great. Amazing. But yeah, that, that it it's in terms of like what happens in the movie, they're like, here are dinosaurs, they go crazy. That's it. And I mean I guess like yeah, like the plot is Nedry steals the tech for like a rival person or whatever. Dinosaur then, firm. Yeah, exactly. It's a it. subplot that ties into the main plot. It's great. Yeah. That's it. And that well, that's the reason. And then they're like, You wouldn't shut down everything, even the raptor cages, and they're like, the fool and whatever. Like it's it's also one of those things too where holy crap would that movie have been bad if like not every actor was like had acting chops, like mm-hmm. like watching like like Sam Neill and uh, the girl Laura Dern. Yep. Laura, mm-hmm. yeah, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Samuel Jackson. Like like everybody can deliver these completely awful, like not awful, but like completely unbelievable lines with just like absolute integrity and makes it all fly. Where if that was like, if they made like the Asylum version of it or whatever, and just had like. <laughs> But and just had like no name actors delivering the lines that these people have to like run through. Mm-hmm. 
it would be awful. Like, like that movie is really, really, really hinges on the actors making the completely absurd. We're getting chased by dinosaurs seem like very real. And like very, like all the science is absolutely flawless. And the, everybody believes everything they're saying, which between, like helps between jaws and Jurassic park. That's what makes me so mad about ready player one. <laughs> like those are two movies about a killer shark and dinosaurs where you're watching them going, man, this is tense. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just like, it's never did... silly. Like it's never silly. That's like the weirdest thing is like Jurassic park could easily become like a weird, ridiculous over the top thing. It's like, it never plays silly. Well, it does. Well, there's jokes, but I'm just saying, jokes. Like, it's, yeah, but, but I'm saying, but know, it, it's the, the T-Rex biting the into the bathroom, you know, I runs into the bathroom. There's great lines. There's like, there's the The mountain. I hate trees. And they're like, I like trees. And you weren't in the last one. Yeah. There's like amazing, like there's, there's comedic beats. It's a Spielberg film, but I'm saying, but the dinosaurs themselves are portrayed as either like awe inspiring and beautiful or vicious and terrifying at all times. Mm -hmm. And like, they're like the dinosaurs are never played for laughs, I should say. So anyway, it's a good movie. It is a good movie. It's on the list, right? Jurassic Park's on the list. I don't think so. It should be. You guys, I would, yeah, this is definitely one of these ones where you guys, yeah, Jurassic Park is number nine. This is the ninth best movie yeah, yeah. of all time. Huh. Yeah. That might be a little high, but it, little it's high. still yeah. great. I don't like, know. I feel like it's it. one of those ones where you can just put it on and watch it and be like, I'm entertained. I, I think it's Perfect. also, it's, it's high because we don't have that many high rated movies. I think there's other ones that would get higher than it if we were putting them on, but we just haven't gotten around to it. But also, but like, it, it also has that kind of that diehard thing where like your quote here is like the beginning of the modern era of special effects. Like it yeah. is really the, like that template that has served blockbusters for like. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, John's right. Look where it is. It's between Days and Confused and Ghostbusters. That's exactly where it should be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. fine. I liked it. Uh, so what else is, is going on? We have time for maybe another something else to talk about, if any of you guys are... Uh, I've been watching What If on D+. I've watched three, two, two, three. Of all the D+, Marvel stuff, it's my least favorite so far. Well, here's the thing, is there's zero stakes. Much like the What If comics. Yeah, but unlike the What If comics, they don't even push the limits. And here's, here's, I will also say the biggest shortcoming of the show was what if T'Challa was Star-Lord and it didn't have like an amazing, like old school, like funk or hip hop soundtrack or whatever, like to Mm -hmm. like, like T'Challa left and brought his music with him. Like I was like, I was like, the opening was right there. Like if you're going to do all, cause they, they revisit a bunch of the, um, like, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy beats, but with T'Challa instead of. Uh, Peter Quill. Also great. Hmm. I-, I love that the first conceit of it is that like T'Challa is like such a like a magnetic and good person that he like immediately like turns Zandu and the crew into good guys. Yep. <laughs> like, like they're just like, oh, okay, we're not criminals anymore. This kid's really showing us the light. Yep. And they like, they become like good guys as a, as a, as a crew, which is great. Cause it also plays to Peter Quill being a shit. Yep. <laughs> like he couldn't turn Zandu and the crew into good guys. But then I was like, and it's also very weird to hear uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman doing the voice. It's just oh, like, I was like, I was like, if Whoa. you think that's weird, the next few episodes are sad to listen to. Not hard, not bad. Well, a bunch Chadwick, of other impersonators now, right? Like, n- not Chadwick Boseman. 
Oh no, Chadwick and, Boseman does own dialogue. Yes, and he definitely sounds different in the later episodes than he did in the Star Lord one. Oh, like so? Oh yeah, because he was recording it like while he was in treatment mm-hmm. and stuff, right? Eesh. It's it's hard. But yeah, but actually, I feel they dropped the ball by not having uh, a hip hop like an old school hip hop eighties African bombada. Yeah, exactly. Zulu Nation. Exactly. Just once. <laughs> Even if he says he hates the song, it would have been great. It'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, no, it's I, yeah. I watched the two. Yeah, it, I, I, I know three, three, three. I watched. What if the Avengers died before they became the Avengers? Mm-hmm. And they were killed by Hammond One. Yep. And then Loki took over the planet. Uh, what like what if what if Star Lord was T'Challa? I think was the best one. Yes. Like, uh, because it also got to show some stuff, like it got to show a little bit more collector and whatever, like like stuff mm-hmm. that like didn't necessarily get time. Thanos, the Peacenik, it's hysterical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Th- Thanos just working at a bar, being all chill. And uh, the great, the also the greatest line of he was just sort of like, I think it had merit. And people were like, it was a crazy plan. He's like, mm, was it? <laughs> like, yeah. th- th- Thanos, having given up on his quest to uh, kill know, half the galaxy, kill half the galaxy, is now serving drinks at a bar, John. And people, no, no, go, he's part of the Ravagers. Oh, he's part of the Ravagers, but like as their like bartender. No, Drax <laughs> is the bartender. All right, Drax is the bartender, but like, yeah, Thanos just like hangs. Like he's, he's huh. like a pacifist kind he's of thing. He's a pacifist. Yeah, who's joined uh, the Ravagers because they like they can be like again because Star Lord is not, uh, is now T'Challa and T'Challa's like such a great and powerful force in the galaxy that like he's altered the entire timeline by being like this benevolent dude that everybody like kind of like a full on Robin Hood figure that people like aspire to be. And like, that's the best scene in that. Weird. The opening scene of the robbery of the the infinity gem. Yeah. And the where Peter Quill's like, you surely you've heard of me. And I was like, no. (laughs) And the, the guy that first comes in that works for Ronan, the accuser, sees star lord t'challa and is just like oh my god i'm your biggest fan can can we hang out can i join you i'm not i don't want to stop you anymore let's let's be friends and even t'challa's like but i'm pretty sure your boss would be mad you have to like try to take me out he's like that's fair that's fair okay let's go let's go fair play t'challa obviously beats the crap out of him and he's just sort of like now can i join you and he's like yeah sure And he's around for the rest of the episode. It's great. Just complimenting him the whole way through the fight. Wow, that was a really good punch. Exactly. Classic fake out from Star Lord. Wow. What's what's the production quality of these things? Is it like just like the movies, or is it a little? They're animated. Okay. They're very well animated. I will say the animation Mm -hmm. quality is like like almost like unsettlingly top notch. Like I'm so used to like what animation normally looks like, and this is like this is Disney. Yeah, this, this is, is Disney, Disney animation all over it. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. Like, like this is like Disney cinematic, the, like theatrical release animation in every episode with it's all like, the set design and and ship design that they got from Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, like every like, background, every background is like com- meticulously drawn or designed or whatever in a computer and all that. It's 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 really nice to look at. I will say that it's in almost. It's like it's exhausting to watch because they do cram about a film's worth of stuff into a 30 minute spot. It's like all three of the ones I watched were like at a breakneck speed. Like you don't have time to breathe. It's like bang, bang, <laughs> bang, bang. Like, which is wait till you get to the zombies one, Keith, because oh. that yeah. moves fast. 
Yeah, I'm just saying, like, just think about like a 30 minute episode where they need to, they kind of like introduce all the Avengers, kill all the Avengers, uncover a plot to kill the Avengers, and then ha- still have a climactic fight scene with like Ant Man fighting Loki. Like, Neato. It's a lot, though. You're like, this is, you're like, slow down. Like, and they like, can't, got 30 minutes. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, no, I really wish they would slow down and I wish they would lean harder into the tragedy. That was my favorite thing about what if they could break all their toys. And the show has not done that. And even when they do, even when they do, even like, I'll tell you that the zombies one, the feeling I had at the end of it, watching the world almost die was like, eh, that wasn't that. I mean, they kill all the Avengers and Loki takes over the planet as like, I'm a malevolent asshole. Yeah, but it seemed almost thrown away. Like it didn't have a punch to it. Just saying for me, there, there are some what if comics that are, dark yeah hurtful painful to read and, <laughs> and the show does not even come close to that yeah and that's i find it's annoying that everyone's like mining them for like clues about the mcu but i'm like there aren't any it's what if what are you talking about like this is it's nothing this is the point of the comics this is why they were fun to read was they were like i always liked the comics because they were like an endorsed version of like playground conversations mm-hmm <laughs> right like well what if so-and-so did this or whatever you know and you're like well could, you know and then they were like could, okay now could wolverine I... could wolverine get bitten by dracula yes yeah. <laughs> it, it happened his healing factor did not compensate for vampirism neat uh yeah and and then and then that really plays into that jubilee comic that i was reading last week it doesn't fix it or whatever but it does allow certain control over it or whatever mm-hmm like it doesn't you don't have to like you don't have the same urge like the the it in vampire the masquerade turn wolverine blood like diminishes like the beast like you don't frenzy and stuff cuz you have wolverine blood in you weird though because wolverine frenzies meh comics you know so yeah you know the 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 show is i guess like i, I put it on to work out that's it mm-hmm. yeah like, i don't it doesn't i don't really care about it that's it that's kind of how i feel i'm like I'm watching it going hmm. It's nice to see my old friends again. My old That's friends. it. Hey, right. I think this was garbage time. No, no wait. I this, think was, this was the ninety-s. This is the ninety-s. Stay tuned for garbage time, where Scott gets mad at some of the best songs of all time. Scott. Yeah, no, the freaking list sucks. <laughs> it's wrong. It's wrong. They're just wrong. Rolling Stone magazine is wrong. I'll tell you all about it. I'm garbage time. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really.
Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.